Soundgarden had some more like hard rock and stuff before that. They had that you might Spoon play. Man. I don't know about that. Take one. a ride on the wild you side. Know, that's spoon spoon those, are, those are not the lyrics <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Musical Squares, where we four squares sit in a circle and talk about and rate an album. This week it was my pick, and I'm Dennis. This has never been done like this, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, you were doing good, but then Brett's face was, and it made me laugh a little bit. You're Dennis? Uh, yeah, I am still. He is Dennis. <clears throat> my name is Maxwell. I'm Brett. <laughs> I'm Brett. Oh. And I'm Nick. All right. So the album that I picked, um, well, it, it, it's a it's a big brother pick, and I picked it in honor of my brother who recently ruptured his Achilles. <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, th- this one's for you, buddy. Pour one out for Dennis's brother. Yeah, but big not D. On my, not on my floor. Um, so the band is not once, not twice. But thrice, and the album is Visu, their breakthrough album. Um, well, before I get into what I know about it, let's go around the table and find out. Max. <laughs> All right. Uh, this band, uh, I knew the name forever. Uh, last time I, I got this band confused with The Fray, with that Show Me How to Save a Life song. Hmm. But this was... Um, I always knew this name, but as soon as Image of the Invisible came on, I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard this a trillion times on the radio. Uh, but So that's my whole experience with this band, this, that song. Okay. Brett? I've never heard this. I thought they were like a Christian butt rock band or something, hmm. and I guess they're not. So <laughs> here we are. Okay. Nick? Uh, I'd like to correct something that I said last time where uh, I said, oh, you probably know a song, Max. I was thinking of a different band. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know this fucking album either. You were thinking like Under Oath twice. or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was thinking of... I, re- I realized it like on my way home after last time, but uh, no, I, I definitely had not heard this knowingly. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much the same boat as Brett. Never heard it on the radio or anything. The Granted, I didn't really listen to the radio much even when I was younger but. i worked at a hot topic and this sounds like it would have been all over the place but i've never i i like we didn't sell the merch mm. we didn't have the music playing this is i don't like, know this just wasn't like this is like peak of this era if i had if i had known about, I'll, I'll talk about it later these guys must not have been huge huge no. in this scene they were not uh they're they're very much like a cult band right under the surface yeah I mean, like they they, they would have, like, music videos playing on MTV, but it, they never, like, took off. Uh, but basically, what I knew about this band before I actually did research into them, um, so this is, you know, he, he kind of goes back and forth on this, but this is either my brother's favorite band or one of his favorite bands, and this is his favorite album by them. Um, I knew this band growing up because uh, he would listen to them so much, Um but th- this was around the period of time where I was kind of getting away from the stuff that my brother listened to and started to listen to that heavy shit, you know, like as I lay dying, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the real heavy shit. And, uh, 
and they they were a little bit too soft for me. Um, but a couple of years ago, uh, because I have a my brother and I have a very strange relationship with the music that we listen to. Uh, he's eight years older than me, and a lot of the stuff he listens to is like pop punk, and I think that's an absurd thing for a thirty eight year old man to listen to. <laughs> So we're in unprecedented territory with those people getting that old now. Yeah, I just, it's, it's I just, odd. I want to add on to that. The whole time I kept listening to this, I was like, "This is Dennis's brother is in his late thirties, and this is his favorite thing." I had a yeah. I had a similar uh, like moment. It was when I was working at Hot Topic, like early twenties, and this is after Blink One Eighty Two, and that those bands were like way out of date. Mm-hmm. And the people I was working with, who I considered like friends, were like. Oh yeah, I love that shit. And, they, and I was like, "Wait, for real?" <laughs> that Blink One Eighty Two and Lincoln Park. I was like, "Are you serious?" Yeah, I had a coworker who was like forty-two, and he was like, "He was like, you like Blink? <laughs> you like Blink is my favorite." And I was like, "You mean Blink One Eighty Two? There's a point where you you got to stop." You know, yeah. <laughs> okay. We're being really like elitist. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm still fucking cranking AFI in my car sometimes. <laughs> like, the same thing. You can't, yeah, you can't that's, top that's, AFI. That's aged better. And I'll, I'll say thrice is aged better than like uh, Fall Out Boy. Yeah. Uh, Panic at the Disco for sure. I don't know. They're terrible. Panic at the Disco is still like selling music to teenagers. Like, yeah. They're still super popular. And they, they, they came still, back as they like still a pop think. act. Yeah, they're like straight pop band now, aren't they? I will, yeah. I will raise my spear for AFI every day. Awesome. Same here. We're going to talk about AFI a little later as well, too, as we get into this album. So. Oh, okay. I, just, I just don't ride for pop punk. I AFI. Um, I, I can dig I a few songs. I wouldn't put them in that category. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, is that what you're trying to say? AFI's pop punk? No. I, I don't they know. started off as hardcore punk, then transitioned to horror punk. <laughs> well, yeah, and then they did something else. But um, <laughs> then they did something not, else. But we're not talking about AFI. We're talking about Thrice. Um, Thrice, I started listening to the band uh, when their second album came out, The Illusion of Safety. Um, that was that kind of put them on the map. Um, they have an album before that called Identity Crisis. Haven't heard a single note off of it, but apparently it's not very good. Wait, so is this their fourth one? Yes. Okay. This is their fourth album, um, and it's it's a new direction for them as a band. <clears throat> um, the Illusion of Safety and their first album on a major label, The Artist in the Ambulance, when they were on Island. Uh, those are quite a bit heavier than Visu. Um, and on The Illusion of Safety, for sure, uh, the clean vocals have like a whinier, like pop punk tone to them that I really don't care for. Uh, his voice has gotten uh, deeper as the years go by, and his clean vocals sound a lot better. Uh, the harsh vocals pretty much just stopped at, at some point a few years after Visu. Um, so, I mean, depending on how, where you stand on that, it, the music either got better or worse. Um, Have you listened to any of their recent stuff? I've heard their most recent album, and it was just really boring and painfully generic. Cool. Um, no, I would not recommend it at all. Um, but yeah, getting into some band history... Um, Thrice are from Irvine, California. They were formed in 1998. Um, and they've been the same four guys since they got together. Um, it's Dustin Kensru, 
I believe that's how you pronounce it, who does vocals and rhythm guitar. And on lead guitar and frequent backing vocals is Tepe Teranishi. And the rhythm section are the brothers Breckenridge, uh, Eddie and Riley. And Breckenridge boys at it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Riley's the drummer, and Eddie would be the bass player. Um, so those four have been together for a long time. Um, briefly you broke up. You can really up. hear that brotherly connection in the tight, pounding rhythm section. In that non-existent mm-hmm. bass. We'll talk about that later. What? <laughs> no. Listen, <laughs> listen, Mr. Bass okay. Player. I don't want to fucking hear it. Well, apparently you're not. Oh. Yeah, apparently you can't. <laughs> um, Cuts through the mix pretty well. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, let's let's get into it. Let's talk about the uh, cover art to start things off. Pass it around the table. I'm passing it. <laughs> it's um, it's got like a a cult like carnival type vibe to it. I'm not entirely sure what you call one of those things, but it looks like I one of those contraptions that you like fold up the paper and it's like a fortune teller type thing. Origami. Yeah, like an origami fortune teller type thing. Yeah, it's kind of a fun. Yeah, like it looks like a uh, the propaganda. Same- the same style that a Ouija board yeah. was born of. I, yeah, like I, my a, first thought Luigi was, board? was a, <laughs> my, <laughs> my first thought when I saw it was a Illuminati Ouija board. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a fun, I like the um the one we're looking at for the for the listeners. The one we're looking at is brown and gold and the one on like streaming services and stuff is green and gold. I like the green and gold color plat- palette a lot better. This is cool cuz it's like gold foil. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's cool. Ouija board thing, Illuminati-ish type thing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It definitely fits the uh, quote-unquote post-style music. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty fitting album cover. Yeah. It's different than what what I would expect. It's kind of cool. Also, for 2006, that would not have been overdone at that point. True. Yeah. Yeah. 2005. 2005. Whatever, dude. Or was this 2004? I'm always a year behind five. That's yeah. actually what a lot of people say about you. They say, you know, Brett. I got him. I'm an old soul. I'm vintage. He's a year behind. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> say a few decades behind. <laughs> I'm yeah. still playing PS4. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I guess we all kind of dig the cover art, so that's good. It's kind of what I expected, though. I mean, it is good cover art. Um, should we just get into the album? Let's dig right in. Should we just do it? Okay. I think we should talk first about uh, what do you guys feel about Island, the record label. I have no strong feelings towards them about anything. Just Name like some most of their other bands. record labels, uh, Steve Winwood. I have the really uh, yeah. the first. Oh, well, then I love them. <laughs> the first four Joey Belladonna Anthrax albums that I have are on Island. Yeah, they have that Rainbow Band. Yeah, that's the only reason I brought this up was because <laughs> I recognize their uh, their little logo. A lot of great bands have been on Island. It's very true. But yeah. Props to Island. Yeah. Shout out Island Records. If you want to sponsor the podcast. (laughs) Listen, Island. Yeah, please do. uh, Hit me up, www.com. Two W's. (laughs) Only two W's. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's let's dig right in. Uh, Opening track. Image of the Invisible, the single. What did we think? This was a single. This was the single. Really? Yeah. See, this is surprising to me because this, as soon as this song started, this was on MTV 
all the fucking time. This was on like the alternative stations. I've heard this song a million times over the years, like from because you well, and also at this time, <clears throat> I was at the perfect age for this kind of music, and I was kind of into this post hardcore kind of stuff. Um, I remember this song very, very, very clearly being very popular at the time. I think it's the catchiest on the album in that it's just like a repetitive anthem. Yes. It feels like an intro. I mean, like... It does not... Uh, it's not like any of the other songs at all. This is Mm-mm. like a, a hardcore anthem song. Yes. This is, this is the fist pumper. It's this, got the rebellious lyrics. Um, I was reading... <clears throat> the Wikipedia article states that, that that intro is Morse code yes. for the song title. Yeah. And no, then the, the album title. And then the song itself uses syncopation um to in morse code to also spell out the album title yeah and i was listening to it again after that and you can you can hear it and it's actually really cool that's awesome it is pretty cool i didn't know that that is cool the uh a lot of the guitars on this album it reminds me of u2 that the style of guitars just like really affects heavy Mm. um i don't know like the percussive kind of okay i can hear that recording yeah this is going to be something that I say on, or, you know, maybe I won't say it since I'm saying it now, but uh, it's uh, present on every song. But, um, yeah, the guitar, like, effects and the, the dynamics of the guitars are all, like, really good on this album, and this song's not an exception. Um, I like the intertwininess that they do a lot and just their awareness of, like, what they're using to make the guitar sound a certain way and, like, have you know really create the atmosphere of all the songs they, they do that very well um but yeah um and i guess more specific on this song um yeah i i didn't know the morse code thing but i thought the drums were really cool um this song <laughs> I, I don't know, take this as a compliment or an insult i guess but to me this sounds like if if fucking rise against went post metal for a bit yeah, that, well, yeah it's that's like, very apt. Yeah, like I, I figured somebody would compare them to Rise Against eventually. It, yeah, I mean the 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 shoutiness of the vocals mm-hmm. kind of sounds like that. Musically, it's a little bit like that, not as much. Um, speaking as a guy who's heard like four Rise Against <laughs> songs, but whatever. Like you I, know, I can't like place a band that this sounds like, but it just sounds like hardcore to me, like quote unquote hardcore. This plus the U two guitars, which is in itself kind of a different sound again this really sounds like the kind of music i was listening to when i was like 12 and 13 like this whole like under oath and all this kind of stuff this is um yeah middle school this was this was my wheelhouse yeah and, and then i you know i did have a note on here as well um uh that the the bass um has a kind of noticeable mm, i don't know if i'd call it a walk but um, uh, just a cool line underneath the chorus that like keeps it driving while the guitar's like really progressively like they kind of do this in every song, but like uh, the guitars will gradually like get a bit more unhinged mm-hmm. like as each song goes on in terms of like adding parts and you know adding effects or doing things and like that. And um, so I found myself really attaching to the rhythm section a lot, and this song sets the tone for that. Um, and just being like really driving, but they still like the bass player too. He moves around a lot in like, not like a frantic 
crazy way, but like just a, a way that keeps it interesting enough for me at least to listen to is just like the, the root of the song. And then you can add all that weird texture and layers from the guitars, like on top of it. And it, it creates a pretty cool effect. I'd say that the only thing, you know, the, the bombastic things about this band and this song, um, are probably like the most annoying things to me, which are probably the vocals, which, which I don't want to generalize because there are songs that I like the vocals on, but this one, I thought they were, it's kind of cringy. Like, I don't know. It's just not really my thing. I really, uh, I'll just come out and say it. This guy, when he sings soft, I hate it. Like I don't hate it. Vocals. I don't hate it always. He's got that like. Listen to what a good singer I am. Well, it's like if he's kind of vocal. If, if he's belt, if <laughs> if he's clean, if he's clean and he's belting it out, it's fine. I don't re- no. I I don't oh. like it if he's belting it out. Like that's when it gets like borderline whiny to me. And like that again, that's just not really my style. Like and not just some just something I don't like when he does the softer stuff. I don't mind that usually, like I mean, in most of the songs, at least. But like I said, we'll talk about that as we go on. But in this song in particular, the vocals were a bit of a turnoff for me. But I liked the song, like just as what it is. But to me, like I said too earlier, it kind of sounds like just a giant intro to me. It's a great like choice for, for an intro track. It's um, it's like eye rollingly repetitive for me, and that yeah, makes sense yeah. if it's if you hear it as like an intro, and maybe it, that's kind of how they meant it. I bet this it, that's go, why I thought it was weird that they were saying it's a single. I bet you know, because be it does sound like just an intro to me. If you love this band, I bet this would be like the fucking imagine, bomb live. Imagine this being played at Warp Tour. You've got like 30,000 like sweaty I've, scene kids. I've heard this song three times, and I know like every word, you know, because there's two parts. Yeah, um, it's definitely repetitive. It'd yeah. be like a fucking, uh, <laughs> that the intro for fucking December Underground was a was a fucking was a single <laughs> like just like that that's what it feels like to me and i know that, i know that it's a more of a song it's like four and a half minutes or whatever but like it really did like i i listened to this album a few times and it felt like an intro i mean the only other things i got to say about it um there, there's a soft break with like a snare buildup that i enjoyed just to break up the repetition of the song um i mean just from the get-go you can tell how passionate the vocals are and that kind of rubs a lot of people the wrong way uh, passionate is that? I mean, yes, they're passionate, but I don't think that's what rubs them wrong. The wrong yeah, way. that's not what rubs. This me. is wrong. Me. this is nondescript right. emo boy voice, and it's not offensive he do, he to does, me. He doesn't sound like that though. A little his soft vocal. I think he has a bit of that. Boy. A bit of the whiny. We got strong. You know that. Yeah. that it's, well, I'm not on, saying on their, that on their second album, it's like that times ten. I'm not saying this is bad or good. I'm just saying it is. Nondescript emo. Yeah, voice it's it's not like he's a good singer. I yeah, do think he's a good yeah. singer. Mm. He's just doing those inflections in the way that was very 2006. He's still trying to shake them off. Yeah, but I yeah, I I recognize his voice immediately if I hear it though. He just doesn't. You've he doesn't. Known this band since you were 14. Well, I've I've never heard another singer sound like him from any band like this. Like hit the tone, you tone of his voice. Of bands. Uh, this is like all the shit I used to listen to in middle school and early high school. So I've heard plenty of them. I can think he sounds like um, Jared Leto from Thirty Seconds to Mars. He doesn't no, he sound doesn't. anything like Jared Leto. No, he doesn't. I think no. he does. I and actually the Deftones heard, guy. I don't know what the Deftones sound like. That's not even the same kind of Chino? music. It sounds like it. Yeah, Chino. I don't know. Yeah. This is what that's that's what it reminds Def, me. Deftones are not in this emo verse that you're saying his voice belongs in. He sounds like that though. So he doesn't sound like an emo singer if he sounds like the Deftones guy. I think he sounds a lot like the um, the second Under Oath guy. 
I have drummer. such little reference for no, everything. That you the guys third under oath guy. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of just saying the words that's, I know. That Spencer. Brett and me are like, yeah, they, they sound the same. Spencer, yeah. Spencer's the he had long dark hair. Like Spencer's the second harsh vocalist. We're both like, yes, yes, him. Yeah, I forgot that the drummers didn't quit for a long time. I will say he reminded me of the guy from Hawthorne Heights a bit. Listen, I'm over here they just crossing. Doesn't sound anything like that guy. What was it? Slip my wrist and I hope to die. For real. Yeah. Isn't that what he says? Just slip Something my like wrist that. and hope I die. No, black my, black eyes. my eyes. Black my eyes. Even I know that. <laughs> A- anyway, um, I'll just say the I, I didn't like this song uh, when I first heard it those years ago. Um, I thought it was kind of annoying. Um, and the only thing I can say about it now is the reason I thought it was annoying is because it's so like trying to be overly catchy that it just comes off a bit corny and I mean th- this is far from my favorite song on the album um, but yeah I mean it was a moderately successful single for him I guess um, but yeah moving on to track two uh, Between the End and Where We Live no Lie Where Sorry. We Lie Where We Lie can't read my own handwriting uh, what do we think about this one uh, I remember the um, the the drum beat intro, which is like the the drum machine, and I remember that there's a music box part, and I That's remember a music box. Yeah, I don't think there's a there's music there's box music in box in like three of these songs. There's a toy sound like keyboard sound, which I guess and, I get what you're saying. Uh, I don't remember anything else about the song. Yeah, I I kind of just talked about um the the soft vocal stuff and. Uh, my main note on this one was how in the intro at least uh i i don't mind it so much when he's not belting it out in the clean vocals like when he's just doing like kind of the softer lines um i mm. I, I like his voice then it's just that when he belts it out it's it's just a little annoying to me um but again this is another song where like the guitar and the effects and all the cool you know texture stuff like you know it makes for an entertaining listen um, I will say that, uh, um, the vocal lines again are kind of, kind of cringe in this one. <laughs> and, uh, and they do the, uh, what, wh- what did you say earlier? The, my first, my first folk metal song, Brett? Yeah. So they do the, uh, my first, uh, my first post metal beat thing in this one where it's a dun, 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 like that. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, that's the, that's the post, post, post they hardcore were, post metal thing. You can tell they were that, like, like all those bands do on like their first record. Like when they're like, dude, Pelican is fucking tight. <laughs> yeah. You did a real Jack Nicholson face there. Tight. <laughs> Which uh, again, I, I don't mind that. I think it's a cool, it's a cool rhythm. And like, uh, but, um, but yeah, I just noticed that in this song, and I was like, "Oh, that's funny." Like, <laughs> I don't really have a lot to say about this song. Like, I don't remember that that well. But I, re- I remember like um, they've got some keyboard sounds in it, and it sounds like dark pop punk to me. Hmm. Yeah, uh, th- this song, it's not bad. I just feel like it's kind of there. Um, like, I, I kind of like that they strip it back uh, just from from the first track um and i I mean they do that a couple other times throughout the album um i think the opening drums the drum machine i think that shit comes off really abrasive i don't like how that sounds um but i mean this song they did it a few times on this album with the uh electronic drum beats yeah they come in every now and then i uh, i kind of like the 
I think this is the worst they sound, though, on this song. Yeah. I like that they do those like electronic noises just because it literally is a different thing. Yeah, it breaks you know, it up. It's not just like a hardcore band or whatever. I didn't, you know? I didn't mm-hmm. mind it any time that they did it, right. like in the whole album. I mean, like, again, like I, I feel like that's just the drums doing what the guitars do in this band on this album a lot, and it's just adding different texture to it. Like, yeah. Uh, I will say though, just two things that I've noticed just from the the first two songs when I listen to them. Uh, I mean, they're both attempting like very strong choruses, like it's very chorus focused. Every I think it, just about every song on this is, for the most part, yeah. Um, these these just like that's why I that's the pop punk influence that I hear. Like it's very like pop chorus. I mean, yeah, that's just a pop thing to do as a chorus. Don't yeah, bore us. But, get to the chorus. But he's not, But in a in a guitar is going. You know. And he's like, "Where I? Yes. Yes. Singing words tonight. I thought you were going into "Hey Ya" for a second. Hey That's probably on a pop ghost punk album. Oh, it has to be. Has to be. It's probably on every one. Yeah, every single one. They trade off. All the fans trade off. Yeah, I, for this song, I I liked it better when the whole band comes in on this track. Like, when it's just the drum machine going, uh, I, I could do without that. When the whole band comes in, it sounds better to me. Um, but the way they mix in the electronic elements mostly works for me. It, yeah, it, it doesn't sound like shit. They're not, over, it, they're not overbearing, I don't feel like, at any I think it's blended too. in pretty, uh, pretty efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right. But yeah, that, like like what everybody said. Not not too much to say about this song. Yeah, I mean it's just kind of a, for me. It's just like a decent song that's kind of there, you know. Um, well, let's move on to uh, track three, "The Earth Will Shake," and I got to say, this might be my favorite on the album. It's the best song. Not okay. for me. <laughs> I think not, my, not my favorite. I think it's one of the better ones. This is the when their sound gets like not just pop punk. You know, this one was surprising. This is like a straight up, like that main riff is like a straight up like sludge doom riff. And I was like, whoa. I have it as... It sounds like the ocean. I was they like, use whoa, it this in, is heavy. <laughs> they use it in a handful of songs. Mm-hmm. And I, I have it written down as the sword guitar tone, just because it's the it's that doom. Dun, 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 detune. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And I, I mean, I enjoy it. Walk by Pantera. <laughs> no, no, it's no, different. No, it's different. And like yeah. they they do that, but harmonize it, you know. I yeah, I liked this song. I really liked the um, that heavy riff was just cool. Yeah, I also um, like uh, the way it starts off with like the sounds like spooky old music, and then the riff comes in and fucking just like yeah, it goes fucking it just. And then they yeah, they it's kind of the, it's kind of just like a kick in the balls is how yeah. it comes in, and they do the spooky old music thing again, but. I, with oh, a huge no, harmony. I hate that. Acapella. Oh, the you, chain gang part? Yeah, yeah, the chain gang part. That's that's what it is. It sounds like a chain gang working. That part's know. a little seether. It is a little seether. But, <laughs> it's a, it's but a, I, like, I like the harmonies on it. I like it too. Um, I like that vocal line. Um, but yeah, again, with the intro, um, uh, it sounds like it's just like recorded like haphazardly in a stairwell, and then it just fucking hits mm. like when it comes in. And you're like, whoa, I really like that. Um, this song was easily my favorite song on the album. Uh, it, it reminds me of one of my favorite bands, the, the ocean quite a bit. Um, 
in do you think the ocean was inspired by thrice no (laughs) (laughs) no i don't know nick if you look in every one of their liner arts, it says, we want to give thanks to Thrice, and that's it. They were already making shit like this. <laughs> shout, out, <laughs> shout out to Tepe Teranishi and Thrice um, for doing that one song on that one album. But yeah, um, I will say, too, um, on the heavy riff that we were talking about, kind of like that main heavy riff, the uh, the atonal notes that the, the bass hits when they do that, like when they do the higher <laughs> like chord strum thing, mm-hmm. really fucking cool. Makes it pop out. I wish like, I had noticed that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I wish I'd heard that. <laughs> but I, I, this is where I kind of noticed, like, and I mean, the the production on this album is really great uh, in the fact of the tones and the instruments. And uh, I really liked how I noticed it a lot in this song. Maybe it's just because it's a, you know, the heaviest song yet on the album once you're, you know, the three tracks in. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, I like how the guitars are mixed with like, pretty mildly like they're not like super heavy and they just kind of let the bass and the drums handle the low end but it works really well Mm -hmm. again that's kind of something that the ocean does a lot too like where it's like the guitar by itself is not like this like abrasive giant thing that encompasses all of the tones it's just it's like on painkiller it does its job yeah yeah not like that you know which is nothing wrong with that like it's just i i like this kind of you know, it, it shows that they're thinking in a band text instead of like just like, oh, I want my thing to sound like you know so mm-hmm. good, so big, and so everything. Mm-hmm. You like, know, uh, real quick, you just I just spent the last like twenty seconds racking my brain. I don't remember a single bass note from Painkiller. <laughs> oh, that's because you can't hear it. That's not surprising. <laughs> there's nothing in there. You can't but, hear the bass on this though. Um, you just didn't. It. Yeah. I want to say <laughs> I love the uh, the organ stings that are like oh, in, yeah. in the later half of when, this song. When yeah. Hammond comes in, that's a very nice touch. It's awesome. Who who plays the keys on this? Uh, the Hammond is played by Tepe. Okay. Does he do all the like electronic stuff? Um, no. Uh, Eddie does some synthesizers, <laughs> and so does the the drummer Riley on some stuff. Um, yeah, they they play several different instruments on this album and they were i mean they were really branching out from their old stuff when it was just you know simple guitar based drums what a talented stuff. group of fellows yeah they're they're good musicians but yeah i um yeah no i can't i can't say how much i did like this song this is my favorite one um this one's a bop it, it slaps serious richard i really like it i think it's I like pretty it. repetitive still i i they he, he kind of like lingers on hooks which isn't bad, but it's like uh, he kind of overdoes some things for me. When it's when it's every single song, it gets uh, yeah. they start to just kind of flow together. But yeah, I I like this song a lot. I hate the Changing part, but, um, but yeah, I mean the the Seether part is kind of like me. <laughs> but like, well, I mean, that's what I think of. But I mean, like, but I, I I like the idea of it, and I do like that vocal line. It's just like, yeah, sometimes it it's it seeps in it seeps into my head, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, there's a little little butt Speaking rocky, of uh, Seethers, but... you guys, <laughs> did you guys uh, get the new Evanescence album? No, I don't. First one in ten years. I don't give a shit. Congrats. Yeah, horns up for Amy. I was saying congrats to you for getting it. Oh. Because I assumed you did. <laughs> no. Hmm. I was making it funny. Congrats glad, to all the Evanescence fans out there. I'm glad they're still rocking. Glad they're having fun. I'm, <laughs> I'm just out here saying horns up, you know? Hmm. Hmm. Well, all right. Well, I, I'll just say I love the Chain Gang part. I thought it was great. I think everything on the song is great. Cool. Uh, you ever heard Seether? 
No. <laughs> They've got a real badass song called The Enemy. I suggest you look up. Or um, Stone Temple Pilots. The skin and I'm smelling like dog. On a Sunday deathbed. It's it's that. You it's the same. Misquoted that. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're talking about things that we don't know a lot about on this episode. It's the same. It's the same effect. It's him. It sounds like it's playing through a old timey like any sousaphone. Any fan of any of the, any fan of any of these bands that we've talked about and like mildly fucking like tossed aside as this thing are just like i don't know why these guys are such assholes oh, dude. about that <laughs> deftones fans have stopped listening oh, oh well, as I'm soon about- as you said chino right and i was like yeah, i think so they were like oh fuck these guys <laughs> i think i'm i've uh, heard like one deftones song i'm about to make a deftones comparison on the next song so i'm like <laughs> i've got deftones comparisons and i i don't know what deftones really sounds like oh, i don't know deftones i don't either that's why i didn't make any comparisons. i have to separate deftones and deaf heaven every single time i think about <laughs> the it Fans are not that's yeah, all. they're not. <laughs> uh, well, shall we move on? <laughs> Me and, oh, this sounds like Deftones. <laughs> 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 they both know, like, two Deftones songs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they have a sound. That's true, that's true. They have a logo that I assume <laughs> yeah. sounds like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen their merch. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to uh, track four, which is my brother's favorite, Atlantic. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I was shocked, shocked too when he told me. Okay, well, uh, you know, I really buried the lead last time, but this one gave me some Deftones vibes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, it's it's not bad or anything. Um, I will say, like, the main thing with me in this song is uh, I like the verses and the breaks and the buildups, but the chorus feels misplaced to me. It feels like a, like it goes into, like like, a cheesy love song territory or something i'm not talking about the lyrics by the way i mean just the sound of it it goes in like this like happier sounding type optimistic thing and the rest is kind of like this like eerie build-up and it just doesn't fit with me i don't know i liked it i i i like the chorus i don't think there's anything wrong with it um and i like the sound of this one a lot it's got a lot of synths in it and um dustin plays a glockenspiel Mm. i don't know what that sounds like but it's probably pretty cool I really like... Isn't that that wood block? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, it's like a... Bonk! 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 I really like um, that there's like a lead in the last third of it that's very like goth rock. Like it's very The Cure. You mean Um, like under the chorus? Yeah, there's just like a, a guitar lead that starts playing probably like in the last minute of the song. I had, a, like, I had a note about that too. It's it's awesome. It's it's just very like, you know, late 80s goth rock. Yeah, there's some cool stuff that happens later <laughs> in the song. Uh, I... There's a nice like airy quality uh, to the a, uh, verses. A glockenspiel is like bells. It's like a xylophone. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. That, I think he plays that sorry, at the beginning then. Glock fans. <laughs> you glockheads. I'm sorry. Take um, it off your list. Yeah. Uh, there's some like spooky siren like vocals that come in later that I actually really like. Yeah, I wrote there's a this song is a got a lot of moody guitar and drum work too. Mm-hmm. Um I really like that the the moody piano intro as well. I think that's um, the glockenspiel. Oh, I don't think there's piano on this one. That, oh, I wrote the electronic piano intro, but that would be the glockenspiel then, definitely. Or maybe I don't know. It might be. I'm it, sorry, he, Glock fans. I don't know. It, it says Tepe plays plays the roads on track four, so maybe that was it. I don't know. I they they do you, a lot. They do a lot on the live version of the Apple Store at the end of this. Did you get? Is that on your CD? No. Oh well. Anyways, it was on the Spotify playlist. 
and I don't know, it sounds like a keyboard rather than a glockenspiel. Hmm. You know, a lot of times live, it's harder to replicate uh, more specific instruments, so they will use a synthetic version. <laughs> I always got that thing for that, one, for that one part. <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote down that like this is this is the fourth song in, and um, this album has shown a lot of sides and like dynamism, especially for what I was expecting from like a post-hardcore album from 2005 there's a lot more going on in here mm-hmm. than i thought there would be um i don't necessarily like this song that much but i appreciated that they were you know they were really going for different things yeah they, they were really experimenting and trying and mm-hmm. yeah. i'd agree with you but this song kind of overall like i felt like it was trying to be the as you find out later there's more songs kind of in this vein um but I felt like it was trying to be like the heady, soft song, thinking man's type thing. But like, it's just, to me, the parts and stuff are, are cool and they're fine, but they're not as, uh, they're not as interesting as I, as I want them to be in a song like this, I guess. Um, but you know, but there is good things. Like you were saying, Max, uh, the, uh, guitar melody thing, like later on, uh, in the song is cool. I noticed that. And uh, the parts are cool. It's just like, you know, it's a, it's a little boring. What about me. the bass? It's fine. He doesn't do anything like, I don't think like too crazy or outside the box on this one. He uses a bass synthesizer a little bit. It's Is cool. he really? Mm-hmm. They're all using effects like crazy. <clears throat> yeah. Too, um, too good effect. I was going to that's another thing too. You can tell that they were really taking advantage of, they had money this time. Yeah, they had Island's money. Um, and that they had a full studio. I don't even know if it's money or if like, guys, we got $500. (laughs) (laughs) Get a Glock and spiel. (laughs) But to what you were saying, Nick, that you wish that this song did more. I think that's kind of an issue with, uh, most of the songs in this album is where they're just, they're just too damn subtle about things. Like nothing's like, fuck yeah, that was awesome other than a few heavy riffs. Like, it's just kind of underplayed, like, atmosphere and, like, oh, it's cool little subtle melodic part and, like, this and that. But it's never anything, like... They're trying real hard to be, like, experimental. And, uh... It doesn't get too abrasive. Um, well, outright. Like, the whole band at the same time being abrasive. Pretty much any time besides, like, maybe the first song. (laughs) I, I think there's a way more abrasive song later in the album. Oh, I know what you're talking about, and that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, right. <laughs> we we can we can get into that when we get to the songs. So let's let's move on to uh, track five for Miles. What do we think about this one? Is this the one <clears throat> I wrote down? I'm having trouble kind of separating a few of these songs. Is this the one where the the lead guitar line, like during the chorus, is like? You know what I'm talking about? Good content. <laughs> um, I it's don't like know. A, it's like a looping, kind of squealing, quick guitar line that's really cool. To me, like, I'll, I'll just say that this one is kind of more of the same. Like, yeah. Uh, it's it, uh, as the last track. I mean, like, uh, you know, it. I like the subtle start with the, you know, kind of melancholic vocal approach but then it just kind of doesn't really do much for me and and i like softer like songs on like a lot of you know post metal 
I don't listen to a lot of straight post-hardcore, but I mean, like, you know, I like the heady kind of, you know, like calmer songs, but like mm-hmm. this one just kind of, it's, it's a little in one ear out the other. This, it's kind of to that point, um, around here is when I start to realize the structures of these songs are all kind of the same, like it's the same, I don't know what you call it, like post emo pop punk hardcore songs but the textures in each one are very different and like the instrumentation are very different yeah and that is what really changes the sound of the songs even though really it's hook verse hook verse hook verse yeah like yeah. The, the thing that gets me about this one like i'll, I'll just go into my, my main positive about this song is by the time that it ends it brings me in and uh i'm not like a big fan of this but the guitar line at the end of this song it's just like that one melody he keeps doing. Um, uh, again, I'm not really a fan of this, but I think it kind of works in the context of this song. But it's almost like a Tom Morello type of like melody Tappy, thing, like yeah, like a thing. Like, but it's like got a weird effect on it. I wrote down that like it gets, um, it's like it's breaking down. Like the guitar gets heavier and squealy near the end, and it was it was really cool. It's kind of the one yeah, thing that it brought out me in song. by the end. But, like, I really had to focus on it. Like, I didn't even really notice that until I listened to this album, like, the third time or something. I did, like, like this This song is kind of forgettable, but I like that it's it's very um, contrast. Like, the first half is soft, and the second half is soft. Like, it's all breaking, or second half is heavy. Like, it's all breaking down, and it's starting to kind of, like... Yeah. It gets a little more, like, uncontained, and like I said, the guitar, the, even the guitar lead starts getting kind of, like, it's just, like, getting all out of whack. It was kind of a cool... Um, transition yeah. that happens. These two songs back to back makes it feel like they're trying to find the formula for the the heady mellow song. <laughs> I think two I, heady mellow songs in a row. Also. I, that was yeah. that was a bad choice. Yeah, I I don't know this one to me the way it starts off with that mellow heady type sound, and I, I forgot to say this, but with Atlantic coming in right after the Earth will shake, I think it's kind of jarring to go to that softer of a song immediately. I mean. Like, I don't hate it, but it's just, I wouldn't do that. Um, but this song just sounds like a bridge between Atlantic and then the next song, where it starts off heady and then it gets heavy. It, I mean, it just sounds like a stopgap to, like, connect those two songs to make the transition to them smoother, I guess. And, I mean, I don't think this is a bad song. Um, I like that it starts off with piano. I always like piano. Um and I like I that too. Yeah, I don't know if you were talking about the same guitar line that I'm thinking of, but like, it gets this effect on it where it kind of sounds like a spacey satellite type thing. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like most of the like guitar effects on this album. They said it's almost Tom Morello-y on this song is what it reminded me of. I wouldn't know. <laughs> you don't know what Tom Morello sounds like at all? Not really. Interesting. Really? I, I could tell you what their singer sounds like. Which one? Which the- band are you talking about? Rage Against the Machine, right? Okay. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't We're know if you were talking funk. about them or if you were talking about Audio Slave or something. He know. was an Audio Slave? Yes. Tom Morello was. Good for him. Not not the singer guy. Good for him. That was Zach Chris Z- Cornell, right? Yeah. yeah. Rage Against the Machine guy is Zach something. I will say... De La Rocha? Time. Zach De La Rocha. That's time. Right. That was a deep brain. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on the album. Uh, Hold Fast Hope track number six and uh, so here's here enter I, enter the hardcore tough guy bullshit i hate this fucking yeah. song <laughs> this is the most this, this is, is metalcore this is the most early, this period like early 2000s I don't, 
post-hardcore. Yeah, not derogatorily. This is the most metalcore this album gets. Yeah. It's kind of like the time. It's like 5-4 time or something. And that's kind of interesting. It Yeah, because it gets kind of weird. And then it reminds me of like Converge. I hate Converge. I hate that. <laughs> And then the, it's like, <laughs> just imagine you in your room by yourself, just like this reminds me of Converge. I hate Converge. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like I a throw my remote <laughs> conversation with yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's it's because the way it starts off, um, those like opening guitar bits where they're like kind of angular. I hate that. That sounds terrible. And I usually like that shit because I like a lot of new wave and post punk. It sounds terrible here with, like, heavy music. I hate that. Yeah, the abrasive start of this song, it's like, I'm just, like, instantly turned off by it. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, like I said, I wasn't joking when I said, like, oh, this is the, the hardcore tough guy bullshit that I just don't like about They have to have one for the heavy metal rocker freaks. They, for the, but they, <laughs> they the, the, album like before, the album before this is heavier, but none of the songs sound stupid like this one. Yeah. Like, this one has all the elements of, like, hardcore and post-hardcore that I don't like. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree. And th- this is the one where it's, like, it's that, like, metalcore with, like, the emo, like, clean vocals. That, he does yeah. that hard he's, he's on sound, this one. He sounds real whiny on this one. Yeah. Like, when he's not doing the tough guy vocals. This is the run one I wrote down for the first time. Wow, there's a bass line. This um, is the one you noticed the bass on. Yeah, but I don't remember it now. But... <laughs> Hmm. I was saying you gotta do was, better research, Mac. This is the only I listened to this album three times today. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it three times, period. <laughs> and I kind of did that because it's thrice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, oh hey, it's an inside joke just for me. Did you guys uh, see? It says on Wikipedia what the album title means. It's from it's from like some book. It, it has a second <laughs> meaning. It's like a passageway into Mount Vesuvius. Which is that's that's fucking cool. Hmm. I did not see that part. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. But yeah, that is pretty neat. Uh, I think that um, Morse code thing is very cool. I think that's very cool. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And uh, that's splice a, that and put it in thirty minutes ago. I, I again also I appreciate that they do stuff like doing uh, weirder time signatures. That's not something that you would expect from. Again, a, a post-hardcore album. What is this? King Crimson? <laughs> right. They wish. <laughs> I will say, just to just to say, you know, minorly positive things about this song, even though I'd say this is probably my least favorite one. On the that, I've only got one positive part, and I think you're going to bring up what I'm, what I'm going to say. I kind of like, like, halfway through when they do like a little interlude thing. The quiet part. Yeah. Where they, yeah, because yeah, I, I wrote down, there's a nice little quiet part where it's got like an underwater type effect. Yeah. I kind of like that part, and when it builds back up into the song, it actually makes the song more tolerable to me because it's like building from an idea instead of just like starting off so abrasive as it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find the latter half more tolerable, even though they repeat the like you know chorusy part and stuff. And I will say, even though it's kind of it's a little bro. Like in the context of this song, I like when they do the thing where they just like slow the tempo down until the song ends. Hmm. Like, cause you know, they, they just like hitting that note and it just like the tempo they, gets slower and slower until the song. They ends. do that several times on this album where the song kind of just gets slower until it stops. It's the most noticeable on this one though. Cause they're just like hitting those. Like, That's the hardcore fade out. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But like, 
but yeah, the, the, the interlude, um, little interlude part is kind of cool. And like I said, it makes the rest of the song tolerable, but it's still just like, it's, it's a chore to get through for me. I, I, I don't think this one's tolerable. Uh, I, I just say it's tolerable. I say it makes it more tolerable. Okay, all right. Then, yeah, then I agree. I agree with that. Um, I will say, though, as much as I like the quiet part, it goes directly into that shitty vocal drum break. Or the, like, it's just the drums and the vocals. And it's like the open this fucking pit up part. <laughs> and I, I can't help but with that drum beat, just think like somebody like break dancing and like popping and locking to it. <laughs> it just sounds fucking stupid. <laughs> But yeah, I, this is by far my least favorite song on the album. I think this song stinks. Yeah, I'm not they a fan add of this sound, one. Add the sound effect. Yeah. This one goes in our hall of stinkers. Mm-hmm. Put it on the board. Yeah. So music box. Yeah, the next track, music box. Um, this is one of my favorites. I love... This is my favorite. I love that it starts with the music box and then the guitars mimic that in the uh-huh. verses. But they, <laughs> but they like twist it. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Do you guys recognize that song? I do. That's Sakura. Bon Jovi. What is that? What? What? What is yours? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Those are two very different things. What? Bon Jovi samples Sakura? that. Yeah. Sakura. Sakura. Cherry, cherry tree. Sakura. Bon Jovi uses that too. Okay, it's also like a Japanese folk song. We yeah, but Bon Jovi it. used it. Okay, okay, okay. So we're both right. Nick, we had to like sing that in some cultural um, like appropriation lesson. class. <laughs> some cultural appropriation class in elementary school. It was the mid-90s. Sakura, Cherry Tree. Yep, I remember. I still remember that song very well. Did you recognize the the music box? I didn't recognize that, actually, no. that That's what that was. I just, uh, you know, I, I don't know why. I wasn't focusing on the melody. I was just like, oh, a music box. <laughs> and then and then I was like, oh, the guitars are like kind of mimicking that in the verses. I thought that was super cool. I liked that a lot. Yeah, this is where they go back to that metal tone, mm-hmm. that sword sound, and to good effect. I think I like it. Um, yeah, I don't. I I think um, this is the chorus that gets stuck in my head the most. Um, and it gets you know it gets another one of those like sludgy heavy riffs near the end. It, um, I feel like the chorus is is fine, but it really pales compared to the verses and the the mm-hmm. breaks and stuff in this song. Yeah, um, I'd agree with you there. I think it gets a little bit too alternative rock on the chorus. Yeah, the vocals again are kind of kind of you know lame to me, but like it, you know not not to the point of like I'm like super annoyed because I like most of this song. This um, I think this one has like all the elements of this band that I like represented the best it's kind of like an epic quote-unquote chorus and like that doomy guitar sound yeah the you know different uh textures you know they the the it sounds like they actually used a music box but they actually like played that with the guitars you know yeah mm-hmm. it's cool do you guys notice too i mean <laughs> this is gonna sound dumb because i think it's pretty present but um in the verses the drums are like mixed different like it's it's almost like they're a bit mm-hmm. more lo-fi in the oh. verses and then like when the chorus or other part like jumps in when it gets heavy it's like the regular production again kind of makes they, it are pop you talking about more. when it's like, it's kind of slick. Slick. like yeah that. yeah yeah i know what you're talking like about like a filter or something <laughs> yeah yeah like it's just like you know like ultra compressed or something and mm-hmm. then like the and then they let it 
like explode. It's it's uh, it's a neat effect. They do it. On, uh, they, I mean, they they kind of do that throughout the album with different things. But I really noticed it with the drums on this one, like just because it's so noticeably like a different sound during those parts. And then when it explodes, it just gets so much louder and like it makes it sound a lot more epic and kind of heavyish. Um, but yeah, no, this is, this is a good one. Yeah, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. I think it probably took a lot of tries to get the music box that they were using to, at the very end, it plays through and then it starts slowing down and stops mm. at the very end of the song. That was probably hard. Yeah. Unless they didn't use a real music box. I mean, True. according to the credits, they did. So okay. I'm just going to take their word for it. I just, I see them spending a couple hours on that. They had the time, I guess. They took yeah. a little time on this album. This is they have five hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they did. <clears throat> All right, let's uh, let's move on to the next one. Like moths to flame. Huge, I like this one. Huge Deftones vibes from this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Really? Yeah, really. I, I, don't, I don't know what Deftones like Deftone sound like. The 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 heavy riff of this one. The boom 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 boom. Deftones. Okay. To me, Deftones is heavy riffs. And vocals that are really effects driven, and he's going like, "That's Deftones." Sounds Deftones to me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I know their logo, like you said, Nick. <laughs> also, this sounds like their logo. <laughs> I have written down this one has both sword and U two guitars. Hmm. They do that thing in the it's wrote, in the verses. They mix an acoustic guitar. With the guitars, they do that quite a bit on this album. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's the most noticeable on this song, uh, just because it's like clearly in the mix. I wrote down. Um, I think that riff is pretty cool, like the main riff. It's little butt, the heavy riff. Yeah, the begin- I, Yeah, that's cool. It's I call a little this butt. one emo doom. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, the the heavy riff. It, it's it's cool. It makes for like a good chorus riff when they do it later. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, again, like. This is a common theme with me on, on with these guys, but like, yeah, the verses and stuff and and the breaks like outshine the choruses every time for me. Like, I feel like they, I, I actually made do. a note of it on this song where I said, "I was like, these guys really know how to do moody breaks after big choruses," and I really like this element to their sound of when they bring things back and they do, do something so kind of weird and interesting stuff when they're yeah, not trying yeah. to be like the choruses are just like soaring. The choruses are that element of like that pop punk, like sound that they that they i assume they had i have not heard a single thrice song before this so i just assume they were a bit more of a stereotypical band of that nature before it yes um and like that's like the element that they're clinging on to along with the song structures because uh, as you guys probably noticed as well like every song is like almost exactly the same length mm-hmm. yes four, four minutes 10 seconds four minutes 20 seconds whatever it's always like similar structure wise which is probably the most disappointing part to me because i feel like they could really i don't i don't need them to go off the rails but just like try something a little different that's that's kind of i feel (laughs) like like this i don't know how they wrote these songs but i feel like the most consistent part is the vocals and i think i feel like the singer is kind of writing these melodies and then they're saying how do we build how do we do something cool under that yeah how do we create something that sounds different under this so it all ends up being that same structure. They're beholden to the the vocal structure, but they try to do as much as they can with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I yeah. I, I read too on the Wikipedia article. They say that they wrote about twenty songs for this album, and um, that makes just makes me wonder if they if they cut out nine of those. 
were they did they have any ones that were like way more out there or were they all just like still pretty similar to each other but a band um, that a band that, that that we can relate that to very well because they did the same exact thing the very next year but when afi did december underground and they wrote like 90 fucking yeah. songs or whatever and whittled it down to 10 or yeah. whatever like i don't know i mean like i kind of feel like at least in the case with afi which is a band that i actually you know know well and like i i don't I don't know if they did anything that was like super out there, you know, or more just like they just thought like, oh, these are the quality ones, you know, we'll put them together. But this album does feel unlike, you know, a band like that with December Underground, which, you know, that album is whatever. It's not one of my favorite AFI albums, but it's fine. Um, It sounds a lot more like a collection of just songs that they wrote. Mm-hmm. But this December sounds like Underground is very much yeah that. But this album sounds pretty on purpose. So that actually kind of surprises me that they, you know, cut a bunch of material to make this, to be honest. Have you ever heard the um, Alex Lifeson quote about that? Mm-mm. He, there's something where he says, like, he says, you're not a, if you're going into the studio with music pre-written, you're stupid. <laughs> he he said, basically, you should, you should go in together as a band and write music for the express purpose of writing an album right then and there. That's insane. Yeah, counterpoint to but that. We all if you're a producer, that's gotta fucking be, annoying. You got to be Probably. rich, man. and we all don't have a lot of money to just stay in a nice studio. For just a stay in a stay in a cabin and take a walk, <laughs> and then come back and be like, check out this. Uh, the fucking engineers just like sleeping while they're writing music. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what apparently Rush would never, never ever write music beforehand before they went to the studio. Hmm. We're also not all prolific geniuses like rush that's true, true. Yeah. <clears throat> uh we were talking about like moss to flame mm-hmm. uh did you guys pick up on what the lyrics were about was no. it about moss I didn't, burning and fire i'll say i didn't really pay attention to the lyrics like at all on this album like i didn't read through them the like this is probably one of the first albums that i didn't like even read through the lyrics like at one point because usually like you know we listen to these like quite a bit in the time that we have and like i'll at least do one listen where i'm just focusing and i'll read along with the lyrics with it or something but i didn't really do that with this one um not be for any particular reason i just never really got to it Hmm. well this song is about judas betraying jesus oh shit in like a badass way or like a sad way both yeah both i guess no that sucks (laughs) why (laughs) I don't know. I was going to say it, it sucks either way. It's one of <laughs> hey, it's one of humanity's greatest epics, whether you believe the, uh, in it or not. Is it the Key and Peele sketch where like Judas is like putting chapstick on? <laughs> I, don't, I never watched Key and Peele. <laughs> There's like a really funny sketch I've seen I like where it's Key like he's like watching the Roman soldiers come come up and he takes his chapstick out and he's like pouting his lips and <laughs> put it on. Jesus, like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that does sound funny, but. Uh, Yeah, let's move on okay. uh, to probably my favorite song on the album of I Destinations. Agree. This is my favorite song, too. I, I love the intro to this one, and I like the melodic riffing. <laughs> this is great. This is the one I was thinking of with the looping looping guitar line that kind of like has lots of like interesting, like it's, he's moving his fingers across the strings. It's a, similar, it's a similar kind of riff, because I know what you're talking about. It's like he's doing... Like yeah. tapping and sliding and shit. Mm. It's really cool. Um, I like it. I really don't like the um, 
the part where he sings of dust and nations where he gets that like really whiny soft voice this is the only one that i did actually hear the lyrics on and it sounds like he's talking about like war kind of things or something (laughs) it's like put your faith in modern steel i don't know what he's talking about but it's the lyrics they sound he doesn't say modern steel what does he say more than steel what does that mean yeah he says put your faith faith in more than than steel." steel okay then i don't know all right. Well, all right. Says, like, the lyrics sound cool. He says like "wall crumbled to sand," <clears throat> something like that. I, I I really like this song. It's got um, this is by far the most post punk um one on the album. Yeah, and I I like post punk a lot. Yeah, I I really like how the guitar basically just plays that melody like practically the whole song, mm. except for and it's like kind of evolving and changing and i think the only time he's not playing like the straight kind of like melody is in like the second verse but when he does that he plays the guitar he plays the chords like that the melody is and like there's like those like he puts those weird effects on it so it's like it's still got that theming like the whole time that's a cool thing i like it when bands do that sometimes like uh the most infamous example is that uh uh cry of mankind by uh hmm. My Dying Bride, yeah. where one guitar, it's like a fucking nine minute song. And like the the one guitar just the whole time is just doing that. And the rest of the band, just the song goes in all these different directions, but that's just like in their background, like the whole time. Yep. I like that a lot. It's cool. But that's kind of what this reminds me of, except for he changes it a lot more. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I also had a lot to say about the the bass on this one. <laughs> um, uh, it, the the melody riff um, from the get go, uh, the bass works around that in like you know it's got kind of playing like a you know lower octave kind of version, and then it'll go around the scale and kind of do its own thing, and it evolves around that guitar melody, even though that guitar melody is evolving itself, and it's a cool uh, combo of things. On yeah, there. makes for an interesting listen. I think this one had my favorite bass playing just during the verses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where he really, really moves around a lot and like kind of like plays with the melody itself, and you know, it's cool. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, this one's. I, I, I'll, I'll say this is for sure my favorite. I kind of go back and forth between this and the Earthle Shake, but I think this one just edges it out. I think this one, for me, compared to the Earthle Shake, uh, it has, for some reason, the Earthle Shake doesn't. The vocals don't really annoy me, like at all. But the uh, vocals on this one kind of have that annoyingness where the, the the phrasing of the chorus lines over and over again but overall it's an improvement over like some of the earlier songs where i thought the vocals were you know more annoying on my ears but uh i think that that's why the earth will shake it edges it out and i just like the heavy riffs more in that song hmm. yeah i mean it's a bit of a toss-up between those two i will say agree though too like they, these two are definitely like my favorite i think that they're they're both the best songs nice. on the album nice brett huh um <laughs> cool riff very pop punk but cool lyrics <laughs> i, I like this I, I gotta i gotta tell you thrice fans who are listening to this and I keep hearing you call them emo and pop punk they're probably seething there's probably steam coming out of their fucking ears this is not an emo or pop punk band kind of no they're not kind of no not at all Definitely a little. This they were is, they were around. Hardcore. They were around during the same time. Post hardcore is emo. Emo is post hardcore. No, 
It's a different thing. So they're brothers. They're, they're, they're brothers. There are two brothers in the band. Yeah. There are brothers. The Belowskis. Good, good callback to the Breckenridge brothers. Whereas <laughs> the fr- Belowskis? As their friends know them, the Belowski brothers. <laughs> you got the B. The big Belowski. There's, there's, there's a B in there. Yeah, no, this is <clears throat> this is post-hardcore, which is very similar to emo. I can agree with you there. But uh, they're diff. I, I, I don't you can't. This sounds way different than Hawthorne Heights. When I think of emo, I think of like Thursday. This doesn't sound like Thursday. I don't know Thursday. Okay. I don't know what I mean, they sound like either. Similar letters. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. There's three similar letters in there. Wow. <laughs> Brett, did you like this song? Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right, let's move on uh, to track number 10, Stand and Feel Your Worth. Um, this one, I will say, and I didn't notice it on the song before you were talking about the drum effects, but the intro of this one, it sounds like 8-bit drums. Like they put an <laughs> effect over it, and I kind of like it. I like the, the, the probably piano the drum and the drums. <clears throat> the electronic and like keys intro is, is yes. pretty cool on this song. I like, I like the intro. This one sounds like 30 Seconds to Mars to me. I only know like two 30 Seconds I, to I Mars I could hear it. Yeah. It's like that atmospheric epic emo. I w- <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop me. A, a lot of the, like, the popular bands around this time, like the 2000s, they all kind of sound similar. Yeah, I you know. know they're, they're, I worked at Hot Topic. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm just saying like production-wise, like it was all kind of like the same yeah. sound. This uh, this song I th- I I thought it was lush and fairly like epic, but also kind of boring. At this I, point, they're yeah. retreading hook, verse, hook, verse, and this is kind of just no, it's not bringing anything new. This is by far my least favorite song on the album. Really? Really? Yes. I I think that the lyrics are like super upfront and like kind of dorky about like I mean just stand and feel your worth. That's just so. At one point, he goes. It's a very hardcore feel thing. Worth. Yeah, that's just stupid that's some terrible shit. Like yeah. fucking overcome. You know? <laughs> yeah, I just like, I don't like it. I don't like the chorus. Persevere. <laughs> <laughs> when this song came on, I was kind of just waiting for it to get to the next one. You know, I, I think a lot of things on this song work really well, but I also think this is one of my least favorite songs in the album. Yeah, the lyrics and the vocals are, you know, once again for me, pretty pretty lame. Uh, I don't mind it when, because uh, you know how like when they, when it first kicks in and they do that riff, um, I just refer to it as the the wall of sound riff. Mm. Like, I don't really like that at first because there's just like it feels unearned. But later on, when they do it in the song, they actually like build up to it and it works. And then they're doing he does like the harsher vocals over it, and I feel like that really works. But that's the highlight for, of the song for me. It's it's like Brett said, it's kind of more of the same at this point. Like. I'm just saying the same shit about all the songs. It's like, I like the tame verses. I like the little guitar intertwining stuff. But, like, the vocals are kind of annoying. And then they build up to a part that I like, you know, but, but you know, other than that, the, the outro is kind of cool, whatever, you know? I mean, it's a, it's fine. It fits the album. Yeah. But, like, I, I mean, you know, it's not one that I remember too well besides the second time they do the the wall of sound riff when they build up to it and it feels earned that time but right off the bat it feels kind of out of place and weird yeah uh this one for me 
Um, I think it just ends kind of abruptly. Like, that outro, it sounds like they're building up to something, and the song just ends. Uh, I don't know if they cut this one down when they were in the studio or what, but I think that would have been... A, Wait, we're getting over four minutes, four and a half minutes? Yeah, I think that, <laughs> that outro, they should have just jammed that out because this band doesn't jam anything out, and I feel like that would have helped a lot of the monotony and repetitiveness of the way that they write songs on this album. <clears throat> I could see that, yeah. But at the same time, we're nearing the end of the album, and even though it's not like a crazy long listen, it does feel like it's starting to drag a little bit at this point. I'm glad that the next song is the last one. Yeah. Both <laughs> you know, like and feels abrupt to me. Where I'm, I'm always like, oh yeah, I'm on the last song. And I, I think I, it is because a lot of the songs are really similar that they kind of they kind of blur together for me. I will give it that like I never felt like it was dragging until I got to this song and then by the time I got done with it I was like, oh there's only one song left. So it doesn't like ever have that feeling of like fuck, like it's it's uh, how how much longer is this, you know? <laughs> like it's it doesn't have that feeling to it, which is good, but it cu- it comes very close. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh let's let's wrap it up and get to the final track, Red Sky. Uh, this one was, I think, later released as a single, but didn't do as well as Image of the Invisible. Um, it's not as angsty. Yeah, this one, um, I think it's interesting that you guys brought up that it sounds like U2, because this song, to me, a lot of parts of it kind of sounded like Coldplay to me, which just sounds like watered-down U2. I get, uh, I don't know, this album gives me a lot of YouTube vibes. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. <laughs> hey, they were on the YouTube, right, the Wonder World of YouTube, the band vibes, uh, just in like texture and atmosphere, and like breath. Just I don't know. <laughs> Have you guys heard of this website, YouTube.com? <laughs> Users can upload any video they wish. Anything you can watch. Anything. This was 2005 too. Yeah. Have you ever seen the very first video on YouTube? It's like a guy filming a zoo, and another guy walks past and like looks at the camera. That's the whole thing. It's like fourteen seconds long. <laughs> that was the potential at the time. <laughs> yeah. I miss Nobody, YouTube. That was the first guy to see the potential too. He's like, "You mean I can sh- I can upload this for the world?" Yeah. Well, people probably want to see that. <laughs> okay, I don't I don't remember what we were talking about. So Red Sky. We yeah. had not gotten to Red Sky yet. I think. Oh yes, we had because we were talking about. I remember talking about the drum beat intro Brett said this was very YouTube <laughs> um, uh, I kind of like drum beat intro was the song before that he said he was talking about how I said YouTube he said it reminds him of Coldplay yes yeah which I can see I the, the chorus for this one is pretty catchy and yeah, it's yeah it's a little um, whiny this is like, a, this is like their version of a power ballad <laughs> kind of a weird yeah. song to end on especially with how it just stops yeah 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 i um i don't have a lot to say it's like just it's kind of another quote-unquote epic pop punk chorus kind of thing but i like at the end where it kind of chills out and he goes like does the falsetto like see i don't know if you guys remember that but it's kind of pretty hmm. Mm-mm. yeah well it it does. Do <laughs> well, yeah, I, I remember. Oh, yeah, I remember. It's very Deftones. Dennis remembers now. <laughs> it it was reminded actually, me of 30 Seconds to Mars. It but. was pretty Deftones. <laughs> it reminded me of Thursday. But <laughs> uh, for All this, my hours listening to Thursday. Get like real deep. Be like, it reminds me of, of Bauhaus. <laughs> it, yeah. Well, um, 
this song, I, I think the main like positive thing I can say about it is this is the only one that's got an almost guitar solo in it. Like, there's kind of a solo section, but it's I, not really a guitar solo. I didn't even think about that, that there are no guitar solos. No. Like the album's not really missing them. Because, oh, it, yeah, it is. It, I think there's, I there's so notice. many leads that it it's okay that there's no real solos. I didn't notice or think about it. I think they should have jammed out something, and they should have had guitar solos, at least two of them, just, to, is, just to break up the monotony. This is a vocal band plus instruments filling it out. But that that's that's kind of like... I don't know what it was with bands around this time, but they were all too chicken shit to play a guitar solo. It's like, guitar was, solos were lame all of a sudden, yeah, and that's was, stupid. It was blasé to play a solo. Yeah. Even that, Talerker did it. Yeah, I just... I, this was Talerker's lowest point. <laughs> some Kirk, say the wait, it, Somehow Kirk became the coolest one for a bit, because he was like, why would we get rid of solos? He was like, you know what I think I, is I, bullshit? Yeah. They, were all, they were all pretty weak in that documentary. Yeah. Were you going to say something? Oh, no, that's the, the Kirk Hammett from the Some Kind of Monster. He goes, you want to know what I think is bullshit? Oh. <laughs> it's really funny. I haven't had the pleasure of seeing that, so. You haven't seen that? No. That's, oh, that's astounding. You should watch it. <laughs> it's depressing. It's a very depressing movie. I have a whole new view on it now. It's an interesting <laughs> insight into, like, the mind of a millionaire group of people. Something that no band would ever go through ever again or has gone through just because of their situation they're all in really really different places like james hetfield was a super alcoholic and he was like hardly there and lars was like a fucking hipster like going fucking insane he was like yeah, wearing yeah. like a huge scarf the whole time most I of the remember. time he was talking about like his art He's like talking about his abstract art on his wall. Oh God, and Napster! Kirk and was just raising Kirk horses. Hammett, yeah, he was living on a farm, and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I just don't like it when they fight." And he's like, "I don't know if this is a band anymore. <laughs> I just come here when when it when and when it goes bad." And we're all like, <laughs> and then and, and he sounds like the grandma of the half, group. Halfway through, uh, Trulio comes Tr- in. Trulio comes in, and he's just like. What? <laughs> but they're like, they're, we're going to give you a million dollars to join the band. He's like, we can do whatever you guys want. He's like, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that okay? A million up front. He's like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to argue with them. <laughs> he definitely wouldn't. I fucking down. I, I'll say, I'll say, Robert's my favorite member of Metallica. Right nowadays, now. yeah, nowadays. <laughs> He's he's great. I mean, he really is. I don't I don't like his monkey stance when he plays bass. But other <laughs> than that, silly. I think he's a pretty cool guy. I feel like perhaps he grounded the rest of them. Yeah, he's the only one that I'd probably go have a beer with. I mean, I'm not like the biggest fan of like the newer Metallica albums, but I mean, he kind of did put them like back on track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, sure. Isn't it wild? What in the last? They're like, what? What do people want? And he's like. Metallica, like yeah, thrash metal. You, guys just like, you know, just write stuff like, like this, like Master of Puppets. Do that. In the last, what if like you, years, what if you kept been, doing that? <laughs> in the last twenty years, there have been two Metallica albums. No, or in anger. Three. three. There's been yeah. three, and Lulu, I guess, if you count that. Yeah, I count it. That's wild to me. I don't need to make more. <laughs> it's a big fucking gamble. They should stop. Yeah. 
They should have stopped I, I before self-wired. I, I thought the last one was okay. hardwired. Hardwired. What'd you call it? Self-wired. Self-wired do our district. I thought that one was all right. I, I, I think that one had some decent stuff on it. But Self-wired. <laughs> a double album? Was it a At this lot. age? It was like a double 90, album? It was like That's 90 minutes long. That's, that's way too much. Then that counts for like the 10 years they haven't done anything. And the, ti- and the title song is trash. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. But Honestly, Moth, Moth to the Flames are, is fucking awesome. One of my favorite. One of my favorite. <laughs> to the Flames. One of my favorite. One. one of my favorite quotes was when that video dropped and we were in my car waiting to practice at Vince's house and we watched it. And you know, he goes, We're so fucked. Shit out of luck. And Brett goes, I hate that old thrash fans think that they could just release a song with some cursing in it and we all think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Cussing makes it thrash. <laughs> cussing. <laughs> Put some cussing in it. The kids are like that. Mm-hmm. They'll get on their YouTubes. <laughs> and get on their YouTubes they did. Yeah. Atlas Rise is a pretty good one on the album, too. We did fucking... That is Moth into the Flame. So two different songs. Oh. Atlas Rise. I do remember at, pra- I do remember at practice us, us all making fun of that song and playing the riff. <laughs> I don't remember. It was funny. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up Visu with our overall thoughts and uh, give it the old rating. Should I go first? I don't nah, know. Picker, go Picker goes last. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, my overall thoughts is that uh, this album came about 15 years too late for me. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I I would have loved this when I was 13. Um as of now, I tolerate it. I like parts of it. Uh I don't think I'll ever listen to it again. Hmm. Um maybe a couple of songs might want pop up here and there. Um Yeah, I'm glad I listened to it. It was a interesting little album. I think they had a lot more going on with their experimentation and their musical proficiency. Um, than a lot of other bands at this time. Yeah. But I still think overall that their uh, their songwriting was, was very formulaic and it got kind of boring to listen to. So overall, I give it a 55. Six Gormax. Thank you, Brett. I want to touch on that point of saying that uh, they changed their sound. I did very little research on this band and this, like, album in general i haven't heard a single other thrice song uh, i was just album. gonna ask dennis i guess more so like um but the one of the only things that i recall seeing when uh like kind of you know browsing around and listening to it uh was that they were like oh it was like a big big change is that true like it was this it album like, was it like a seismic change in their sound like or was it just like they just started adding more like weird stuff people yeah, i mean it, it it's not like uh too far off it's not like a black album to load but it's it's plenty different than the artist in the ambulance the artist in the ambulance is like there's a lot of like pop punk stuff going on and then like super post hardcore stuff and it's their heaviest album but the heavy parts on that album don't sound like the heavy parts on this album like, there's nothing sludgy on the Artist in the Ambulance or the album before that, and I'm going to assume not on the first album that I haven't heard anything from, but 
they they mellowed out more after this album and they did the alchemy index and they did four volumes of that where it's it's like two six song eps packaged together as a double album and like they got like a little bit proggy and that, could, that sounds interesting yeah uh this is visu's my third favorite thrice album i actually like the arts and the ambulance the best and then alchemy index one and two are my second favorite and that's fire and water and i think it's better but i mean i don't know i mean this isn't to to hear people describe it as like a seismic change it's not like catatonia going into like alternative rock yeah. like it's not like yeah. that but it's not like uh, but it's like the, they added keyboards <laughs> i'm bad because with the way that people with the way that people describe it it's like i'm imagining like right before this album it was just like blink 182 no, <laughs> like, no. Bullshit. i just keep thinking like into the pandemonium too yeah no it's it's nothing like cold that. lake to um, go from like christian radio rock to this christian radio rock is a pretty big change like i can i can play something from their to, second album to go from how to save a life to image of the invisible <laughs> that's it's a it's a diff it's like, a diff to go from a real Deftones oriented sound <laughs> into <laughs> to a real sound into garden. 30 seconds of Mars kind of thing. <laughs> like they were kind of a Thursday worship band before this. And it's <laughs> I hear lots of bad motor finger. I think this album is good. And that's about it. <laughs> I, it is like, there's some really interesting instrumentation on it. I like the guitar work a lot. I didn't even notice there were no solos. And I think that's probably for the better. I mean, that I didn't even notice, you know? Like, it didn't, yeah. it didn't need them. It took me a lot of listens to realize, shit, there's no guitar solos. Yeah, right. So, I mean, and the songs are pretty... There's a formula to these. And yeah. it's, it's very vocal hook-based. And it sounded like they built outward from that. Mm-hmm. Um and the vocals themselves are okay. You know, he's a good singer, um, but it's also very, like, it's very 2005. Like, yes. this is, to my ears, it is something you'd hear walking in a hot topic or something, you know. And th- not that that's a bad thing, but it's dated and it's not my thing. And if I was a teenage girl or dennis's big brother in 2005 <laughs> i'd probably love this dennis's 42 year old big brother no, hey he's not, not quite that old <laughs> joking. but um, i wasn't an insult at dennis's brother i just wanted to make a funny joke i i appreciate all the different um sounds that they incorporate into this and it is it was not an unpleasurable <clears throat> listen at all okay so i give it a 60 all right nick um yeah so i don't know this is kind of a weird one for me um there's a uh lot uh to appreciate about this album to me um and just a lot of uh they they touch base on a lot of stuff that i got into in more recent years by recent years i guess i mean like the last 10 years (laughs) but um in in terms of just uh being in like the the post metal ish genre and even though these guys aren't like a post metal band um there's a lot of elements of that um that i hear 
and I appreciate that. And there are some songs that I really like that I was really surprised that they sounded like this mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a pleasant surprise to me. I mean, I liked this album well enough. I mean, uh, I will say though that I'm 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 a bit extra critical on that type of style stuff. So on the songs that I did like that stood out to me, they do feel kind of like my first post metal songs a little bit so i mean like i want them to branch out more and the structure is what kind of killed this from becoming something that i really really like um because as we've said before and as i went into i think on uh moth into flame or something like that um uh, it, it, there was a point where i realized like all these songs are kind of structured the same and even if they're experimenting and doing cool things with textures and things they're they're fitting into the, into this very tight formula which can work for a lot of people, but for me, I want to I want to hear them branch out a bit more, um, in particular with structure. And I, I mean, you know, like Brett was saying, the guy's a good singer, but like his voice just doesn't really do it for me most of the time. I don't. I'm tolerant of the uh, the more hardcore vocals, which is a surprise because usually that's my biggest hurdle when it comes to post hardcore bands is the vocals. Mm-hmm. But like, maybe it's because of my years of listening to the ocean and things like cult of luna and stuff that like those kind of vocals have just kind of I, i'm used to them now and I, and I you know they don't bug me like they used to mm-hmm. uh but yeah i don't know man i mean like it's a it's kind of a weird listen for me um to really like put on like how much i liked it so i i, I was pretty optimistic with it though i ended up giving it a 71 oh, very nice yeah because the songs that i liked i really I really did like. I mean, like I, I replayed that. Uh, the, the what's track three again? The Earth Will Shake. <laughs> yeah, the, I replayed that song a lot. Actually, like I was, I was into that. Very one. grown up of you. Would you like go to a party and like put on some thrice? No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, I will say I, I had some a note in here. I'd never. I don't know why I didn't bring it up on whatever song we were talking about. But um, I was like, this album kind of reminds me of the. Uh, the songs I'm embarrassed to say that I like by AFI or like, you know, like mid area AFI. Like, uh, there's one that re- this album reminds me a lot of it's, it's on December underground, but it's that, that song affliction. Mm. I don't know if you guys remember that one. So it starts off. It's like, it's really hardcore. Like punk. it's got like that super punk pace line, but he's like doing that. Wah, 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 that type of shit. Yeah, his harsh vocals on that album are the worst. Yeah. But then, but then they do that, that like kind of do me riff and they did like the sing along part in that song. That kind of encompasses this whole album for me a little bit. It's that one AFI song. But that's another thing about this album, too, that kind of knocked it down from being, like, something I really, really like was that it reminded me of so many other bands that I like, but it just kind of made me want to listen to those bands more. Like, it didn't really, like, elevate that material to me, like, you know, or really, like, have an identity of its own. And maybe that's just because I haven't listened to these guys enough, but... It sounded like they were a band coming from a different world that also liked those bands yeah yeah and and like i mean not that that's a bad thing wearing your influences on your sleeve can work really well and can lead to some cool things but like in this album in particular it just didn't it didn't get to that point where i was like hell yeah like eight out of ten you know or whatever (laughs) like you know it's a but but you know like i said i felt pretty optimistic about it i ended up giving it a 71 for the songs that i that i really enjoyed you know so very nice all right, let me let me tell you what I think about this. Hey, Dennis, tell me what you think about this. Okay, um, I think it's I think it's a really solid album. But I will agree. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned it, Max, but with Brett and Nick, uh, Dustin's voice, not my favorite. Um, 
his harsh vocals. I mean, if you'd call it that, he's kind of just yelling. Like it's a very hardcore approach. Yeah, I like, mentioned. I don't, I, I don't like that. I really hate his crooning, like his soft vocals. I'd much rather listen to his actual clean vocals. But his his singing and harsh vocals never bothered me. It was when he got soft. I hated that. Okay, well, I don't check out any of their older albums because his voice only gets whinier. Um, he, I, I mean, his voice sounds great now. He sounds very, you know, gruff. Um, now today? Yeah. Like, his, this is the, his clean vocals sound the best. Is like, this still a band? Yeah. Oh. They're still going. Um, talking to the mic. I will talk to the mic. Um, yeah, his, the, like, the tone of his voice just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I will say the majority of the vocals on this album are pretty good. Um, nothing turns me off that much. Uh, it's to, I mean, to make me cringe, there's nothing really like that. Um, there's a lot of subtle instrumentation on here that I really appreciate, even though I would appreciate it more if they had some guitar solos. I, I think that's, that, that, that's a big negative for me, that, that they don't have a single guitar solo on here. Um, and bringing up AFI, um, when Jade joined the band, he didn't overly solo, but each album would have like a little bit of a solo, like here or there. I, I think rock and metal-based music it needs to have guitar solos. It's guitar-based music. The guitar is kind of what you come for. I agree, but this album is not really guitar-based. I think it. I think uh-huh. it actually is, but it's it's just they take a it's, different approach. It's the texture thing. Yeah. Like, the guitar. Would you say U two is a guitar-based band? I don't know. The they guitar, are. The guitar is just more one of the guys than in U two. Yeah. I no, think no, no. No. The You're the, talking ed, about the, the edge. edge. Yeah, dude. He's like. <laughs> People fawn over that guy of like the guitar effects that he used. They're very much a guitar band. Yeah, for a but lot not of people, in the same way that Van Halen is a guitar band. Well, They're no. a guitar band in the way that he was innovative in the sounds that he created with the guitar as an instrument, not because he was a shredder or because he played solos. Right. That's what I'm saying. This is like the guitar is another one of the instruments, like, and it doesn't need to be in the front, and it never is really. Uh, um, uh, I mean, yeah, on the heavy riffs, yes. Yeah. But those are kind of... I think you know, every single one of the heavier songs in this album could have benefited from a fucking solo. I don't disagree, but also I didn't miss it. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say the same. I mean, I, did, I didn't really miss it or think about it too much, to be honest. I mean, I feel like the guitars were focused. Like I said, they're just thinking about it differently, mm-hmm. which, I'd, you know, I have no problem with because I like a lot of bands that do that. I mean... Uh, I don't think it needs a solo. You know, it's just I don't know if like the, if the I, music and the the regular like texture driven stuff that they do is interesting enough. Then I guess I I don't really miss the solos. Yeah, I think there's enough uh, interesting lead work on this album that kind of takes the place of of solos. But I would have liked at least two solos. That's just me. Um, one Glock solo. Yeah, one one Glockenspiel solo, I'd have been there. Um, I I would have cut out Hold Fast Hope. I think that song sucks. I think it drags <laughs> the album down big time. Um, it, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, like I said before, I mean, it's everything I don't like about hardcore and post-hardcore music. Um, and I think this album is very much like a songs-oriented thing. It's all very vocal-driven, and that's kind of where the like the formula and the monotony comes from too. Um, so it's kind of a double-edged sword. I mean, a lot of people like songs-based albums, but this is—I think this is overdoing it a bit much. Um, 
the lyrics are kind of a bright spot for me. I think they're pretty consistent. Um, they do get kind of kind of cheesy sometimes, but it's not like anything that would make me wince. Um, Image of the Invisible and um, Stand and Feel Your Worth are the main offenders, where it's just kind of that, well, one of them's like an inspirational thing. The other one's kind of just like a fight the man thing. And I'm like, that's that's been done so many times before. I just, I don't really care about it. They're serviceable. Yeah, like yeah, they're not they're not terrible, but yeah, they don't they're not they're not bad enough to drag the album down. I'd say the, the album on a whole lyrics are pretty good. Um, their experiments with electronics for the most part work, um, and then branching out. I mean, that, that's a positive. Um, for me, uh, coming from their earlier albums, um, I think the bass and the drums on this album or just they're too much of an afterthought for me um i mean you can hear the bass and sometimes he's doing cool things but they're they seem way more dialed back than they are on previous albums and uh that was some of my favorite parts of some of the older songs and i i wish that they were a little more upfront on this album um we want the old thrice back <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Back when they were twice. <laughs> <laughs> that was good timing. Um, uh, like I said earlier, post-hardcore and like 2000s alternative rock are really not my thing. But th- this is some of the best I've heard. Um, and I mean, I've heard a, a decent number of it. Um, th- these guys were, they they were pretty tasteful, I guess. Um, Tasteful is a good way to describe the way that they write songs on this album. Yeah. I'd I'll say to that. counter the, the point about the bass and the drums, I feel like, you know, having only heard old thrice of what you just played for us <laughs> during the break is probably not going to make it into the edit. But, um, you know, that seems a lot more like straight riff-based music. Yeah. This is not riff-based. No like at all and i feel like they're riding the wave where they're either figuring it out or they're trying something different on this album kind of mm-hmm. and like i feel like i like the drums of the bass a lot i focused on it a lot and uh felt they did the job of driving the songs and uh doing some interesting stuff and really just making the waves for the guitars to put their blanket texture stuff over like I feel like it worked really well. I don't know. I didn't feel like they needed to like shine out too much more or have like, you know, their own shining moments whereas they just did their job very well. I thought. I mean they they do a good job. I just I feel like they're a little bit too much in the background for me. And not not the drums. I mean, you can obviously like hear them clearly, but I don't yeah. think he's he, nothing's He's not, he's not doing anything spectacular. I thought, I thought the drum work was pretty good. It is. It's fine. I like when he does the uh the thing that separates the drums for me from like the typical like post metal band that I would listen to is when he does a lot of his snare roll stuff. That's very like punk or pop punk, like you know, like and it like it like, comes out of nowhere and you're like you're like oh, like there's some energy there and like it's a it, it adds a bit of a different element than what I'm used to in this type of music kind of. So I thought that that was neat. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, just to wrap things up. Um I know you guys didn't listen to this album as much as I probably did and have, you know, before we decided to do it for the podcast. But uh, the more I listen to this album, the more I like it. Um, it's a grower. Uh, I was kind of lukewarm to it when I first heard it a couple that, times. That's kind of something that I thought 
as well. Like it's so hooky that I feel like if I had listen, if if I were to listen to this five more times, these would all be like memorized in my head. You yeah, know? that's how it got it's, for me. The more I listened to it, I was like, yeah, I remember this one. This one's pretty catchy. Right, right now it's like the the various hooks are fighting for space in my head. Like I'm trying to remember each one. There's a lot of them. <laughs> and yeah, and it'll it'll be like, oh, I can remember this chorus for this next five minutes. <laughs> And I'm going to forget it while the other one plays. I do think that there's a genius to that in just how hooky this album is, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. Um, But yeah, wrapping things up with my rating. um, I liked it quite a bit, even though this isn't really my thing. And I gave it a very uh, generous, to me, 78. So with our powers combined, we have rated this album... At a sixty-six percent, which makes it. <laughs> Are they percentages now? They've always been percentages. No, I don't know. Anything's yeah. a percentage if you want it to be. <laughs> That's if true. It's out of a hundred. That's true. Yeah. That's why we did that. Yeah. That's Latin percent, dude. Percent. Think yeah. about it. Unfortunately, Think about that. this rating does make it the second worst album of all time. No really? way. It does. Yes. It is, it is one point below Synchronicity by the Police. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> The third worst album of all time. Dude, Nick fucked that rating so hard. <laughs> he did, yeah. Well, you I know, make a better album, please. <laughs> if that's the case, every album of all time is pretty average. We're still in the 60s as our lowest? No, it's 44. 44 is Macho, Macho Man. Man. Oh, my God. He didn't deserve that. Sorry, Macho Man. <laughs> he deserved worse than that. that was... He's Macho. Listen, he was my perfect friend. All right. Macho Man was now that's that's a rough album that deserved to be at the bottom. Okay, you guys. I uh, shit. I don't know. Y'all want some hints? Do you guys want to guess what my pick is? I think you got to give us no, hints with no hints. I'm saying, do you, you guys want? Are you ready to guess? Is it a metal? With no hints. I'm gonna give you hints. Oh, okay, then yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll guess go. if you give us some hints. Is okay. it a metal album? It is a metal album. Is it Wasp? It is not Wasp. Hmm. This is a band from Switzerland. Celtic Frost. Celtic Frost. It's not Celtic Frost. Coroner? <laughs> it's not Coroner. I don't know any other bands. Um, Those are the only ones I know. No. <laughs> this might help. They were one of the very first black metal bands. And then... Wait, what kind of black metal? One of the very first from Switzerland? Uh-huh. Oh. Hellhammer? No, are we doing Hellhammer? <laughs> we're not doing Hellhammer. <laughs> Samuel? It's Samuel. Nice. It's their... Um, album ceremony of opposites sick when's that in their career is it later that's their third album oh so it's earlier yes that was the first one where they started going industrial okay i thought we were gonna do one of those crazy fucking newer albums great pick max that's like fucking like star wars empire metal (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) did they did they have in like 2008 like a big song because i remember alec and i used to listen to it was like uh, was it? Um, I saw them play Slavocracy. With... Do you remember that? Oh, I don't know. If no, I, if it, I type it was in like Samael, It should be the first one that pops up. Maybe Slavocracy was like a big hit. I saw them play with Carcass. It, was... it goes dun 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 <laughs> of course, you're gonna fucking love and this. Of course, when we saw them play, <laughs> and everybody Holder, was like, "Holder did on the first couple songs." They, or the it gets, first two. It's got like a groovy, like rock and butt. It went like too folky, and it was like one track that was five minutes of like. I love that shit. But I didn't I like get that. it. 
and okay. they never went just back let it to speak the to your pagan heart they never <laughs> I'm not okay. seeing cold and dead inside. <clears throat> I am. I Can like we, that uh, stuff. Okay. So next week's album will be Samael's album, Ceremony of Opposites. Um, thank you for listening. Bye. As per usual. Later, Gators. Tell us what you think. All right. <laughs> <laughs>